coffee and your Bible. Today is Tuesday. It's the 14th day. Happy Valentine's Day. 14th day of February, the year of our Lord 2023. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts and Josh. And the Lord is alive. Tell you where, where that's being found out is in Lexington, Kentucky, Asbury College. Last Wednesday during chapel service, the Lord started doing something amazing, and service has not stopped since last Wednesday morning chapel service. I made a little post about it. Last night, I shared on Church Without Walls' Facebook page. Um, Asbury's kind of known for outpourings of the Spirit. You know, it's an awesome thing when God does this at colleges. This this, this is student-led, by the way. And uh, people are now flying in from everywhere, driving in and flying in from states everywhere to get a little touch of revival. 
there's so many people wants revival. It's asking for revival. And uh, one of our own is up there. Miss Rachel O'Brien is up there. She said she got up there at 11 last night, and she's been up all night uh, as worship went on all through the night. And I think the crowds are smaller in the middle of the night and early in the morning, but then they have overflow rooms happening throughout the day and the evening services when it swells to a uh, great number of people. So I just pray that that revival will not just stay in Lexington, but it'll just come on down to Tennessee. That's what I pray, because we need revival. If we've ever need revival in America, we sure do need it. And uh, because things outside of the Lord intervening, intervening, things are bad. And we need a touch of the Lord. We have got the craziest things happening in our country and in our world. It is unbelievable. I mean, we've got a war still raging in Ukraine that could turn into World War III at any moment. All you have to do is have the right things happen. And, uh, I mean, we don't think about, and we don't need to think about because we trust the Lord, but we don't think about how on the verge we are often. And so I just praise God for his outpouring. And, you know, I'm praying for it to be on us. We got a special day Sunday, a special day Sunday. I mean, very special. It's one of those that after the camera went off, some of you uh, I know were watching, but after the camera went off, uh, Megan went up there. She had the guitar, and she just was worshiping and singing, and, and several people we just, just kept praising, kept worshiping. There was such a sweet, sweet spirit that just continued as we poured out our heart to the Lord and worshiped the Lord. We thank God for all that he is doing, and we look forward to him doing more. Brother Charles is not with us today. I appreciate you praying for him. Now, he was going to head out to Missouri. He's got some business to take care of in Missouri. He's going to head out yesterday. But he ne never came out of our RV down there yesterday. And so I went and checked on him and found out Brother Charles is sick. He caught a virus. And uh, he said it's been rough. So um, the last I heard, he's okay, but he's not feeling good. And he's not here at Bible study for daybreak. So I know he's feeling bad or he would be here. Hallelujah. Okay, it's not Diane. It's uh, Lexington, Kentucky. But it's not a church. It is uh, Asbury, Asbury College. And so it would be in the chapel on As Asbury College. And I'm thinking you're up there close. Uh, so you, you should run over there, sister. You should go over there. I, I posted, uh, like I said, in the, it swells in the evening. And I mean, you, everybody can't even get in the place. People are outside on the steps of what I've seen. I hope it continues and catches fire. Uh, I really do. So Asbury College, uh, Asbury uh, University. All right. So we're in the book of Titus. We're in chapter 2. There's a couple of things. I went ahead and put them starting with verse 5 again today because there's some things that, uh, you know, Lisa talked about a lot of wonderful things the other day. Uh, but I want to be sure that we don't skip anything. And so in Titus 2, 5, it says, now remember he's saying teach. He's telling Titus, teach uh, the older women to teach the younger women. And then we 
uh, talked about that, older women teaching younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, uh, homemakers here. I wanted to talk about this just a little bit. I won't dwell on it a long time. Keepers of the home. What's interesting is if you look up this Greek word, and I looked it up, and it says you would pronounce it oikoros, and it literally, the very first thing you find in the Greek, it means a guard, a guard, one who protects, uh, one who is uh, domestically inclined, and a keeper of the home, it would say in other translations, and you look up the word keeper, and it a keeper means a curator a steward, a protector, a defender, a guardian. And so you get this, this understanding that he says, teach the young women to love their husbands and to be keepers of the home. That is to guard and protect the home, protect attitudes of the home, protect influences that come into the home. Love your children and be a guardian. You know, like I, I get this picture of the hen uh, which is a picture of the protection of the Lord. Think about Jesus saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, how oft I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. And so, but that is the image that I get when I read Keeper of the Home. You know, love your husband, uh, love your children, be uh, keepers of the home or homemakers mean be guardians, you know, like the, the young movies today is guardians of the galaxy. Well, the galaxy, the home galaxy, mama is the guardian of the galaxy. And, and uh, it, it's a beautiful thing is, as that influence is protected and guarded and watched over. Now, there's things that it doesn't mean, and, and I can just see you know, as we have said, this is a creed here. This is a creed, uh, especially a, a gospel minister, how he's he's to teach. And you got to tread lightly in some of these areas in our culture, right? Or it seems like it. But I wanted to read something to you. Now, every Friday night, we have what we call Shabbat. And if we're not on the road somewhere, and if we're home, then... We have a special meal on Friday nights where we remember the Creator. We remember creation. It's a time to remember God in our family. And Lisa lights candles, specific candles, and says prayers. And um, and she reads scriptures over me, and I read scriptures over her. And uh, there's a portion of scripture that's read over the wife on Shabbat. It is called the Ishet Shail. And I read it over Lisa every Friday night that we're home. But it comes from the Proverbs 31. And, and if you may know the Proverbs 31, uh, Proverbs 31 woman. But have you ever paid attention to what it's actually saying? I'm just going to read a little portion of it. And it's about the virtuous wife. Who can find a virtuous wife? Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. And I want you to look at this. It's in Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? Her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. 
She does him good and not evil. All the days of her life, she seeks wool, flax. Now look at this, works willingly with her hands. She's also a businesswoman. Listen to this. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's night, provides food for her household and a portion for her handmaidens. She considers a field and buys it. And from her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength, strengthens her arms, and she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Just to say that this isn't the, the Proverbs 31 woman, the, the ideal, uh, it's not, oh, well, you know, yeah, she's just a keeper of the home and she does not, no, no, she's a guardian of the home. She's a, she's a guardian of the children. She loves her children. She loves her husband. She works willingly with her hands. She helps her man. And, and this is just the creation and the way that God is, you know, men, it doesn't mean men don't, are not to love their uh, children. Of course, men are to love their children. But but mamas are just a little more affectionate, aren't they? It's just the truth. And, uh, and this is a beautiful thing. God is the creator. God is the creator. It took Lisa and I a long time to learn a lot of these things. But it has blessed our home so much to try to align our home and our life under the Holy Scriptures. And we've not always done it right, have we, babe? I mean, that that's for sure, you know. Sometimes we can teach it better than we can live it. Can I get an amen to that? Sometimes we say it better than we do it, and that's true for all of us, but we should all be doers of the Word, not just hearers of the Word. And I say that because another part that I do, do not want to skip is at the end, going back now to Titus 5, uh, Titus 2, excuse me, verse 5, it says, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. That, that means we should live our life in a way that uh, makes better, right? If, if the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't make us a better version of ourselves, then why would anybody want it, okay? The gospel makes a man a better man. It makes him a better father. It makes him a better husband. It makes him, if he will submit to the word of God, it makes a man the kind of man that a woman would want to submit to. Can I get an amen? I'm not saying that it always does. I'm saying that's why it's supposed to happen. In the same way, if the gospel is to make a woman a better version, the kind of wife that a man is blessed to have. And the husband loves his wife and the wife loves her husband and, and, and the two show this love in the home and it makes sound children that sees what a, what a marriage ought to be like. So in the day we live, brothers and sisters, godly marriage, biblical marriage is not portrayed very much, is it? Our culture doesn't show biblical marriage. Matter of fact, our culture 
and our public schools, if nothing changes, is going to continue to teach our children and our grandchildren that God's way of marriage is wrong. It's totally weird and crazy. And it's antiquated. Yeah, that's a good word, Mama. It's, 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 it's no good, right? But we, as Christians, as those that hold to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and follow the Bible, we need to live our lives in a way that the Word of God isn't blasphemed. That people don't look at our lives and think less of the Word, but that they think more of the Word. I, I remember watching a movie once where this there's this couple... And there's this guy that was working for him, didn't believe in God or anything, and these were Christians. And somebody asked him, why are you doing, uh, you know, why are you going to their meals? Because he don't even believe in God. He said, if what they believe makes them the kind of people that they are, I want to know more about what they believe. That our beliefs make up us the kind of person and the kind of couple, the kind of marriage, the kind of home that other people would go, yeah, that's that's the kind of home I want. I want that kind of peaceful home. Hey, how do you get that kind of peaceful home? Or let, let me tell you about the Lord. Let me tell you about the Lord and his ways, you know. And it all starts with the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, and so let's go on, verse 6. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. And it's simply it's the same thing, of, you know, teach young men... To be sober-minded means to, that they'll behave carefully and take life seriously. This is something that we're instilling in our son, Michael. He's 19. Is he in there, by the way? <laughs> but Michael's 19. We're, we're trying as parents, because God says so, we're trying to instill in the, our young man uh, to be careful with life. It's, it's very important. Decisions you make now are going to affect you, you know? I mean... Goodness gracious, I wished more people had to sat down with me because this guy, man, I messed up a lot, okay? And I'm not blaming that on everybody else now. That's, that's my own doing. But often I wonder, you know, sometimes we wonder, would we made better choices if somebody maybe would have talked to us better, if we'd have had more mentors in our life that helping us understand that, Choices now have consequences five years from now, you know. But that's what we're supposed to teach young men, to be sober-minded. That means to take life seriously, behave carefully when you're young, because all those scars are going to follow you the rest of your life. Then verse 7, it comes back to talking to Titus. So we're going back in verse 7. In all things, showing yourself. So he's saying you teach the old men, teach the older women to teach the young women, and then teach the young men also to be sober-minded. Take life carefully. Think carefully about life. Be serious, okay? Because uh, there's a time for everything under the sun, but there's also a time for a boy to turn into a man. And that's a, that's a hard transition sometimes. And now he goes back to Titus, and he says, Titus, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity. Doctrine is not a bad word. In our day, sometimes it becomes a bad word. But the reason it becomes a bad word, because today doctrine doesn't necessarily mean the teaching of Jesus or the apostles. 
doctrine means the teachings of some tradition of a particular church now. And it shouldn't be that. Amen. The doctrine that we're to follow should be the doctrine of the Bible. And, and, and listen, listen. For years, it's, it's happened, it happened in antiquity before the days of Jesus. And it's happened throughout church history that people are told, well, you can't understand the scriptures. You need us to understand it and teach it to you. And if you read it for yourself, you, you just can't understand it. The same thing was done by the rabbis and the Pharisees, and that's how they became lords over the people. And they're like, well, you can't understand the Bible. Now, I'm saying that because this week I was just listening to testimonies of Jewish brothers who were, were brought up Jewish, and they were taught that they couldn't understand the Bible. And then they, somebody challenged them, won't you read it? Won't you read the Torah? And as they began to read the Torah, they saw Jesus. They saw Yeshua. And they're like, I do understand it. And the same thing throughout church history. You see, if, if there, there's, there's times like, don't you read the Bible? No, you don't read the Bible, okay? Because if the people read the Bible, they'll rebel. Well, maybe that's because you've gotten way off the scriptures and you're teaching a bunch of things that Jesus didn't teach and that the apostles didn't teach. And listen, if Jesus didn't teach it and the apostles didn't teach it, it bears no authority. I don't care who says they have authority. Okay? And so sound doctrine means the teachings of the Lord. Go back to Acts chapter 2. Look, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, teachings of the apostles. That's what we need to hold on to. That's what we need to hold on to. Amen. Amen. And so, Titus... Show yourself to be a pattern of good works, okay? In doctrine, showing integrity, don't be teaching one thing, doing another, okay? Integrity, reverence, incorruptibility. Sound speech, verse 8, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Hallelujah. That the one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say to you. And I'll close with this, this portion. Having nothing evil to say of you. Man, I wish that could have been true of me. I wish this could have gotten my heart as a young man, right? That I live in a county to where if you live long enough in this county and you know me, you might can say something about me from way back when, right? But I just love this. It's like in John 8, 46, Jesus says, which one of you convicts me of sin? Come on, bring it on. <laughs> Jesus could say to the people, bring it on. And Tim, uh, uh, Paul was telling Titus, he said, look, you need to live your life in a way that is reverent, that's incorruptible. Your speech needs to be sound speech, good speech. That the opponent out here that's that's in opposition to God's way has nothing evil to say about you. If he's going to say something evil about you, he's got to lie. Don't let it be the truth. Amen. He can't say anything evil about you because, you know, he is ashamed 
because he can't say anything evil about you because you're living like the Lord and you're being careful. You're being very careful in what you say and how you live. And, and man, that needs to be our life right there. You know, I was thinking about how the religious rulers had to go out and pay somebody to lie against Jesus because they couldn't find a witness. Yeah, they did. That's a good word, Mama. They, yeah, they had to offer people money so that they would lie under oath. Well, you're talking about wickedness. Amen. I'm sure that don't happen in our court systems, though, today. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I love you guys. Thank you for being here this morning for Daybreak here on this Tuesday. What? Yeah, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together in Jesus' name. All right, you ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Wherever you're watching this from, but if it's on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, okay? And ring the bell so you'll get notifications. All right. Love you guys. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow.